Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm Tish Conlon, and this is Tish Talk uh, podcast. My guest today is David Ward. David is a fascinating man. He's an artist, he's an author, and he's a former futures uh, floor trader. So quite a combination there, David. How are you doing today? I'm well, Tish. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me here. Oh, my pleasure. I've taken my glasses off. I realize there's a glare from that. So I'm giving <laughs> this a try. If you see me squinting because I can't see it because I don't have contacts in. Okay. Um, but yeah, for the audience today, I know we've had so many interesting people on the show. And, and David, you are uh, no exception. I know we met at an event and uh, amazing stories exchanged. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your background, just uh, as you know, an, an artist and former financial guy. I mean, how does that connect? It probably doesn't. It's my evil twin that has the interest in all that financial stuff. But we have to reconcile these two personalities. It, exactly. <laughs> we are supposed to be one dimensional, are we? I mean, <laughs> multi eclectic. That's more interesting. <laughs> so um, I started speaking a lot. Because of being in the art world, I had to uh, get up and talk about what I was doing as an artist. Um, but today, I, it seems more people are, are interested in what's happening in the world monetarily and with the economy and so on. So even though I was, I left that world behind, gosh, 30 years ago now, 33 years ago, um, I was 21 working on the stock exchange floor. It was really exciting. Um, wow inspired by uh, Trading Places, the movie that Eddie Murphy and Ashworth yes. back in the day. That was um, a great movie. It really yeah. was. And it's yeah. worth going at a game. Um, and that was back in the day when you literally left school, you could do whatever you wanted to do. Life was so easy. Anything, anything you could dream up, you could go and do it. It's not quite the same today, obviously. Um, so I saw that film. I thought, I'm going to be a future floor trader. And, you know, six months later, there I was in the pits, like trading futures contracts. It's completely nuts. Um, wow. but huge fun for a couple of years um, until Black Monday. And that was kind of the day when I thought, mm, this is a little bit too scary for me. So painting oh, was yeah. there. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just going to be an artist. That's much more relaxing. Ha have um, you always been an artist as well? Sort of as a hobby yeah. in the background? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What kind I, of what, art do you do? Is that your picture in the background there or? It's not. It's beautiful. I'm at a friend's place right now, actually. Um, <laughs> Wi-Fi problems at home, but this is working. Uh, this is working. So um, it's beautiful painting, too. <laughs> yes, it um, is. And I love the scene behind you. I wish I were there today. But anyway. Um, <laughs> this one's artificial. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's a nice picture. It's it nice is. Picture. Yeah, serene. I love yeah. water. So that's the kind of, to answer your question, that's the kind of thing that I paint. Um, very naturalistic. Um, oh, nice. animals, wildlife, you know, I got started, it's all timing in this world, you know, and, and when I left the futures, uh, went pits, um, the wildlife art movement was in full swing and I just joined in and, and, uh, <laughs> I, and rode that wave for a little while. Wildlife art doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, but, um, the, the art world changes continue like every everything. I have a good gallery downtown, Lock Gallery in Yorkville, um, and thankfully I have you know I have that representation because over the last two years in particular we've not been able to do anything and uh, right. not really a techie person. I'm not um, I'm not on Facebook. I I just right. I, there's something about that world. It just kind of turns me off. I, I like face to face. 
uh, real, real, real world stuff. So yes, yes. Anyway, here we are though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so so do you continue to paint um, wildlife, you know, and and scenes? Sort of, uh, it was like the group of seven, sort of an inspiration to you in your art, or. Um, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, you, you can't live in Canada without that being the case, you know, so. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, the, um, the group of seven and um, gosh, like some of, you know, I'm inspired by all kinds of different art, even abstract. I don't do anything like abstraction, but I like, I enjoy abstraction. And I think that's one of the things with artists. Artists tend to appreciate all kinds of art. Yes. Um, even though they may be known for one and do just one. They have an appreciate a wide appreciation of art. Uh, it seems to be people who are not artists that tend to have, you know, I mean, I love abstract art or I like realism. Yes, like that's pop. interesting. It, it's actually a great analogy. You could apply it to all people, all life. If we could <laughs> learn to like appreciate all the colors and all the varieties of different things. So, mm -hmm. so you know, a laser focused on one thing that I think that would like, open us up a lot as human beings and allow us to interact probably better without uh, mm -hmm. being so pre predisposed, right? Exactly. Uh, yes. So wow, what an amazing story. And then, uh, you know, in the last few years, who would have expected what has happened? Um, mm -hmm. And is, has that kind of pushed you back in the direction of uh, finance a little bit, wondering what's going to happen with our economy as inflation soars? And we're talking about a crash of the mm -hmm. market and digital dollars and central currencies and total mm -hmm. surveillance, social credits, all of these scary things. Uh, no, it's terrifying. Uh, it is. And, and lots of the people listening are probably going, you know, biting their nails. What, where do you put your money? Um, particularly in the event of the Freedom Convoy, that action by the banks uh, shutting down bank accounts of people who were contributing to a peaceful protest for mm -hmm. constitutional freedom. That, I think that scared a lot of people about mm -hmm. the security of their money in the bank. Although now I hear they've uh, legally overturned, there's been a legal uh, victory for the Freedom Convoy um, mm -hmm. and a lawsuit against Ottawa because uh, they, they were following every law, they were peaceful and they were deemed to be a constitutionally sound and legal protest, which is mm -hmm. great news. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it really is. I, I went there a number of times myself and I, I, I've never been so moved, honestly, as a Canadian. It was it was a thing to behold. And I find that those people who are critical were never there. Um, yes, just like they, the art scene in a way, isn't it similar? Mm -hmm, <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And um, uh, Neil Donald Plett, a senator, put it most succinctly, I think. He said he talked about the um, accepted CBC version of reality when they were doing their debate over whether the Emergencies Act should should come in. I thought that was quite, quite profound. Uh, I sit there and lis listen to all of the videos that day and I've read all of the transcripts. Um, and there were a number of senators who were actually there and there were politicians there as well that actually went out and met the people and they got criticized very often for, mm -hmm. for being there. Um, but it, it was something to, it was something to behold. It was totally peaceful. Um, it, people have been talking about this forever and they will always go on talking about this. But I think that the dividing line is those people who were there and saw what was going on would be supportive, are supportive of it. And those who only got the CBC version of reality are going to be forever against it. Um, yes. It, 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 
I agree wholeheartedly. It was beautiful. I mean, I myself was fortunate enough to speak on the Hill. It was a, uh, on my birthday. It was an experience I'll never forget. I felt very inspired in helping out the, the convoy organizers and some of the people who were on my PPC team uh, who went up there and stayed the entire time. But Incredible. going up there, talking to the truckers, listening to their stories. And you know what really moved me was the fact that they would tell stories of people who were from Quebec, who were former separatists now say, I love Canada. And similarly mm-hmm. on the West, people from the West realizing we are an amazing country and uh-huh. it's the government policies that have done us harm. Even all the First Nations who were helping out, the clan mothers there. So mm-hmm. I think it backfired what they wanted to do, like any good military strategy. They want to divide and using the media is a great strategy. It backfired and it united Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. which is, which was so amazing. So hopefully, you know, I think that will continue and look at the inspiration we were to the world. I mean, it was my proudest moment of this country in the past <laughs> years and definitely the last few. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're so true. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, all, most of the people that we met there that we hung out with at the pubs, uh, you, it was wonderful how open the town was. And most of them were people from, Gatineau, just across the river. Um, And they were so proud of being, you know, many of them had their Quebec flag, but they were, it had, it brought Canada together in a way that, my gosh, nothing ever has before. That's an incredible thing that's not talked about a lot, actually, I don't think. No, Um, not in the, not not in the media anyways. They they just want negative news that divides us. It's a classic formula getting kind of old and uh more and more Mm -hmm. people are waking up to this which is great news Mm -hmm. and and you know when it comes to now this movement for you this shift where when i saw you the first time you were speaking Mm -hmm. about finance so this must be like a a, like a hat a hobby or a passion of yours that you've continued on and what do you see in terms of the landscape now it's uh it's very particular i know you're not an expert you're not giving advice but you know just kind of generally what's happening uh out there from your perspective that's a big question but well we started many years ago i've been involved with a number of monetary reform groups for for many years. Um, In fact, just before the pandemic got started about a year, a year prior to that, um, I I, I was a member, I'm a member of Positive Money in the UK. Um, So I had permission from them to show any of their content when we did our public speaking. And I I spoke at the Arts and Letters Club on this at um, a couple of Rotary Clubs, the Art Gallery of Hamilton. We rented um craft breweries and had our private oh. events craft breweries a couple of local pubs Excellent. Um, open events it was yeah. it was so fun uh it was a lot simpler back then because we were just trying to explain how money worked um and that is a mystery to most people uh, j- j- it's incredible that something that is so fundamental to people's lives that they they lose sleep over and worry about um they, they know very little about, and, and that's intentional. Um, mm-hmm. So we thought we could do something of a public service. And we, you know, we like talking about money. It, it's a fascinating subject, it's abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many nuances to it. And I guess that satisfies both my, my artistic brain and yes. my, 
logical yes. brain. Well, it, it's so funny you say that because, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, just tell me black and white. What is it? I've, I've got to do. I was yeah. listening to uh, Pierre Poliev speak uh, on Sunday with my son. And he said something very simple. He said, you know, if you got 10 loaves of bread and the government's printing 10 bucks, you know, there you go. It's a dollar a loaf. But if the government's printing more money, it's good, mm. you know, so there's more money in circulation, it's going to be two bucks a loaf. So, um, and, you know, it was just, he just did the most simple analogies for people uh, on the mm. money printing from the government. So yeah. what's your kind of simple uh what are your thoughts on number well, one, what Pierre said, and then okay. number, yeah, number two? Yeah, on. I didn't realize you were there, Tish, because I was in the audience, too. I went oh, to, were you? Oh, too yeah, bad. It was yeah. quite a crowd, wasn't it? And we sat right behind his wife, who was a lovely woman, and then I decided to, so many people standing around, but decided to give up our seats, so we moved out of the fray, and I kind of wish I hadn't now. Oh, but, you're you so know. kind, yes. Yeah, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> yeah. We got there just in the nick of time, blew in because I'm quite, uh, well, I'd say height isn't my, uh, I'm uh -huh. tall. So I got to sneak in, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, still. So um, he he's a showman, he, you know, and I, I you can't not like the guy, I guess. Um, he, he's certainly recently been saying all the right things. I loved when he came out in Parliament to criticize the World Economic Forum. I think more people should do that. I was, I'm glad that Derek Sloan is doing that. I, mm -hmm. um, I wish the new Blue Party would do I wish everybody would, would, would do that. Um, well, it's not just them. It's the UN. It's all these, com they're communist organizations, you know, mm -hmm. really, really looking to um, move money away from people to central governments, which has always historically been very disastrous and very harmful to humanity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's something to avoid at all costs. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think the World Economic Forum is kind of like the, the public relations front for the United Nations, although they, they, <laughs> they're terribly inept, like those scary things they say, telling us we're going to have no money, we'll own nothing by 2030. And, know. you know, we'll own like, nothing and be happy. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're trying to win me over with this. Is this... So it's, it's puzzling. It's puzzling. But to get back to Polyev, um, he great speech you know like you yes. can't be moved by it i felt so patriotic but as soon as he starts talking about economics and yes you know he may well he understands it well enough to know what plays to the audience so i can't honestly i can't answer you know do, does he really understand economics or does he understand what people think and and is he just playing to that because you can't get up there and start explaining monetary reform and monetary financing and all this kind of thing in modern monetary theory which uh one he has mentioned that a number of times it's in the paper so it's in the public sphere now people are talking about that very uh, but again i've seen articles in the toronto star they misinterpret what that is uh he on one occasion tried to explain it and just trailed off and i realized no he doesn't he really doesn't get it either um so, so this, what is it? What is it that we that we need to get? Or is that too long of a conversation for you to he, give us the, the goods here on? Uh, it, it really is. Because it gets into. Um, so just do it back to Polya for a second. And this idea of the central bank printing, printing money. Yes, exactly. That's, and the, yeah, that's the core, thing that's core point. Yes. 
Yeah. So the case, you know, the point is he is saying the central bank has been printing money. That's what's creating the inflation. And in actual fact, what was happening, we were in a, a hugely deflationary situation where the economy basically stopped. People are still paying their car, car payments, mortgages, so on. They're paying back their loans. All that money is disappearing out of, out of circulation. So the central banks around the world literally had to start they say printing money, but they're not printing money. They're buying bonds from the government so the governments can put money out in the form of SERB checks here in, in Canada. Um, but that money is that that money is only topping up what's required to keep the economy going. We need a certain amount of medium of exchange to grease the wheels of the economy. And that's what the government was doing. What's causing the inflation right now are two things. First of all, you've got all these logistical problems, the supply chain. So it's a supply side thing. We can't get a lot of things in. Um, cars are not in the yeah. market in the auto yeah. deal. You know, we're waiting for the classic supply and demand economics 101. Exactly. So okay. For the most part, that's a supply side issue. Um, if you look at real estate, which is the other thing that he talks about a lot and spoke to, spoke yes. to spoke issue there, that's not a supply side issue. That what has happened over the last year primarily or two two years but really noticeably in the last year uh, we now have uh, REITs real estate investment trusts um, focusing on single family homes now there have been there were five kind of REITs before dealing in different kinds of real estate um, and what this is is money from the offshore world coming in to find a place with a safe return um, so we have BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street um, who own everything already that already own everything and now you know the single family home they want that they want that too and even people in the monetary reform world until a year ago didn't know about that because i was chatting with friends and they said no that can't be right that's that should be illegal you can't have a company with nine trillion dollars of assets competing with a young couple who oh, just, you know and that's exactly what it is and that's why need- you see these Banned. They need to ban that, don't you think? They or- do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's a huge problem. I mean, John Maynard Keynes, 1919, when they were trying yeah. to, you know, oh. get the world economy going again after the Great War, his biggest fear was the rentier economy. And we're right there. We're right oh, there. Oh, yes. Right by get- 20- oh, I get so, like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that is something for young Sorry, people. No, but that is, it is, it's this, this, you know, it's, it's pure monopolization of everything already. Um, And I mean, Mm -hmm. the regulations need to be in place to protect uh, people who just want to buy a home, you know, absolutely. Uh, So, I mean, so these are some, some things that in your opinion are impacting our, our, the value of our dollar. So we can't buy a home and we can't buy goods and services. Is there anything else that you think is going on in terms of the bank strategy that's negatively impacting, you know, Western democracies around the world, because they're all doing the same thing. It seems like they're trying to deliberately bankrupt their own economies, everything they're doing. Um, and, you know, even with UBI, now I'm, I'm a big proponent of helping others. We need that social values to help the less fortunate. But then if nobody wants to work and there's no incentive, um, you know, that's an issue as well. I mean, having run a recruitment firm my whole life, 
and, and seeing the difference in someone's lives for having a meaningful job and being useful. We all have that human need. So, I mean, other than the two things you mentioned, do you think UBI will be a positive or negative factor and why? The, well, the current pro proposed guaranteed basic or livable basic income, um, very vague. Um, so I've been opposing that simply because, you know, it sounds so mean spirited because there are people in dire straits who do need to be helped financially. But we have, again, the World Economic Forum and the Canadian Bankers Association and Mark Carney trying to tie this in with all kinds of other things like the yeah. digital ID and the central yeah. digital currency and the carbon credits. Um, and they social have, credits as well in there and social credit. Yeah, they try to kind of skirt around that a little bit. They don't want to exactly say that, but we've been conditioned for this with um, credit scores for the longest time, you know, and, mm. you know, you should be proud of your credit score and look at that. Look yes. at you. Who cares? Yes. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. So it's been there for a long time. And it's interesting how words change over time. I mean, there was a social credit party. It had a different meaning at one time. Now social credit is, you know, the total surveillance. If, are you a good citizen? And you get to travel outside the country if you behave yourself and you have so many <laughs> points. Communism. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's literally what it is in China, you know, and, yeah. and some of us can't travel outside the country now. So obviously, you know, if we were instantly giving a given a social credit score it would not be adequate for us to travel outside you know, it's <laughs> obvious yeah. it's gonna happen and i mean there you don't have to speculate this isn't conspiracy theory everything is published mm -hmm. it's it is incredible I, I mean i read again over the the uh the holidays um the fourth industrial revolution um it's there in black and white yes. you know they're, tell it, they're telling us. And if you don't like yeah. reading, they've got lots of gloss, you know, yes. videos to do. Yeah. If you just get off the mainstream media like an inch and you go to Rumble or BitChute or any of these other sites, and even mm -hmm. now on YouTube, you can find mm -hmm. unbelievable factual data, videos and, and podcasts mm -hmm. on everything that's happening. And it's, it's right in front for you to see front and central. I mean, do we want to be a communist society where we're really bringing up conformers instead of critical thinkers? And mm -hmm. you know, everything to do with innovation and creativity all comes from that critical thinking, that you know, unique perspectives. And then that doesn't, you know, that you share collectively to get the best idea to share with others. But if you're all conformed that you can only say one thing, it's going to be pretty dull and um, you know pretty a pretty sad future mm -hmm. um, you know mm -hmm. the orwellian 1984 future <laughs> if yeah. that if that were to happen and hopefully the greater masses will resist it you know mm -hmm. all under the umbrella of ubi and if they just had ubi itself um and you know that would eliminate a lot of from what i've heard a lot of the different government jobs because there's a lot of red tape and around welfare and this you just had one thing but, and, and, you know, that alone would save quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, there, there's just so much that is uh, terrifying about what, the way they're introducing all of these things. And a digital ID, some people who are young have been conditioned to think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But again, when you have no, when you don't have physical assets, you don't have money, 
think of every single transaction you make as being monitored and potentially mm -hmm. blocked if you're not compliant. If you go to see the truckers, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're out. It's uh, Can't travel for three months, penalized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's also the, the, pro the concept of programmable money, which a lot of are not familiar with but um so your carbon credits could be built into into this so they know exactly what you're spending your money on and everything is assigned to credit that carbon credit score and you gradually use up your points until you can't buy the stake anymore or you can't put another tank of gas in your in your car um they the money can be programmed so that it expires at a certain period of time and in ukraine yes. there's of this already they haven't rolled it out but they've said exactly how it's going to work and their currency you will be given your ubi but within three months that money will have disappeared and the idea is you you won't be able to save in this system either that's an important uh, point i read will, that too they don't want anyone yeah. with purchasing power to no. other than themselves to actually maybe buy a second home or have another income so just the bare minimum everyone's kind of communist style, low income, barely squeaking by, maybe mm -hmm. you don't even get meat anymore because that's, uh, that's too much of a carbon footprint, according to them, except for them. Uh, so the, the irony in all this, and I don't know if you've read, you're also, I think, a, a part-time farmer like me, a micro farmer, or a, a beginner a gardener, maybe whatever you want to call it. But when you start to do any digging along, um, you know, the soil health and topsoil and all these things and our farming methods with these heavy inputs um, mm -hmm. that they've been sold, the GMO crops, which are really exactly the opposite. They're hard on our digestive systems. A lot of them are just sprayed, uh, you know, massive amounts of toxins with the, the glyphosate, the Roundup, Roundup mm -hmm. ready food that's going in our soil, sterilizing our soil and just like a lot of things become more simple than you actually imagine them to be. If we could just get rid of these toxic inputs in our soil, move to regenerative farming model, and we would literally be able to get um, our soil back to life, which, which would mean it'd be more nutrient dense. We would mm -hmm. have better quality food without the toxins and all of the extra excess carbon that ever would ever have been produced would be absorbed into the soil and converted into vitamins and minerals for our food. And so we really, uh, for many reasons, we've never needed a carbon tax. No one ever talks about the toxic chemicals. They just talked about human climate change and fossil fuels. Mm. Uh, but really it's the poisoning of our uh, soil and our mm. air uh, and water that's the issue. And if we could just clean up that, mm -hmm. it would be incredible. Um, you know, Absolutely. it's just a bowl of, pile of crap <laughs> uh so but what do we do with that you know what can the average person do to protect their finances and weather the storm however long it will be and keep their sanity as well <laughs> yeah well having that community is the main thing and and um out in this part of the world north of the city in the country it's a little easier to do um, so there are so many meetings going on there are so many gardening projects and and for those people that don't have land sort of land sharing where you can go on and have a little allotment and someone else's I think that's wonderful and, yes. and that's happening a little bit in the in the city a friend of mine ran for councillor in the beaches and um, he started a local community garden project down there which is wonderful to go and see if you walk or walk around uh, Adam Smith is this is his name excellent uh, which party 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, counselor. Oh, counselor, uh, right. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, actually, Adam and I, he is, we met at a monetary reform event and he and I were going around speaking on this subject before. So it's funny, I didn't intend to come back to that, but um, mm. most people that are into money in that weird way are also artists and interested in all sorts of other things. Yes, I think um, I'm right in line with you because, yeah. uh, you know, I've got that political background, the holistic mm -hmm. nutrition, and uh, also the business and everything else. So they uh, all end up being connected when you look at it from a certain vantage point. They do. Creative. Yes. So. They do. Oh, we oh. lost you on video, David. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that was Yeah, I don't even know how to uh, decline. Okay. So you just have to go to the left. There, there you are. Yeah, you're back. Okay. There, that was yeah, exciting. I'm, yeah, that was like a like a powerful I, moment of oh, making the statement. What <laughs> that was all designed for the uh, what happens next? <gasps> yeah, yeah, we were. Yes. Yeah, so what up, is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to reveal the great secret. So what can everybody do so with have, their money? I mean, without take, it's not advice. You know, you're no one can. But in an, in an, uh, a general sense, other than you know, we've talked about farming, but in terms of money and protecting their assets. Um, do you have any general comments or recommendations that you'd be willing to share with? Well, I did the presentation on Tuesday afternoon and uh, it was to a group of people that were mostly into holistic health and such. So oh, uh, again, very, a very oh. different audience. Uh, oh. And my, I, I could not get into technical stuff there, obviously. Um, so my, my suggestion was very, very simple. Um, we have to resist most of the things that are coming in in terms of UBI and central bank digital card, just resist to buy time. If Yes, no that's a good strategy. Um, yeah. Just how do you resist? Do you contact your MP and MPP? I mean, what's the what's the formula for resisting? Like, do you have to speak? Yes. Out? Well, uh, yes. So I know they did that in Saskatchewan. And I'm very proud of uh, PPC candidate there. Mark Friesen mm -hmm. was pivotal in that getting people rallied to push back against it. So it works, right? It, it absolutely does. It absolutely does work. It's incredible. Um, I've done so much letter writing. Um, I've written to every senator and I think every MP, at, Me at this too. Point, which yes. I never saw myself doing. And I quite enjoyed the process. It can be speeded up now. But when I did it originally, I literally pulled up each person's bio so I could see their. Wow. Jeez. Their Good for I you. Who yes. I sent that letter to, and then I just put their name in the top, you know, and and off it went. I won't do it that way again, but I felt if I'm expecting them to read my letter, I should at least take the time to just quickly scan their bio and see their face and see who it is I'm addressing, wow. and I've been That's pleasantly awesome. surprised at their responses. And one little anecdote. Um, uh, speaking about Beaches Danforth, um, Nate Erskine Smith has was one of the people one of the liberals because i'm writing to everybody one of the liberals who replied and sent me some very interesting so a little plug for him i'm not a liberal but i i do like this guy and i do think most people you know we're to deem we're so polarized now we tend to demonize the other side all the time and we, sh we shouldn't do that you know and, and they mean so, so well yeah. and some of them are doing great great work you know um and he has some incredible podcasts talking about ubi um Specifically, um, talking to the our dangers, members. or talking about um, the dangers. No, because they're 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 the, the yeah. 
you know, income for people. So, um, so that he makes a good case for it. Um, Art Eggleton was involved with, is a podcast that he did, um, um, uh, Siegel, Hugh Siegel. Um, incredible. So right. I, I would just go to yeah. his podcast and listen to these to get a balanced uh, point of view. But I've always been talking about speaking out against the World Economic Forum because I think in focusing on that one issue, we get we cover so many of the things. Mm-hmm. Every, basically, anything they want is something we probably don't want. So if we exactly. can store, yes. if we can challenge that, we can tackle a whole bunch of problems all at the same time. But as soon as yes. you mention the World Economic Forum then you get, they want to start to deprogram you. So his people, I guess, I don't know if he's reading my emails and seeing what I'm talking about, but his people have been sending me very helpful little videos to deprogram me. Um, yes. one, uh- one was a podcast called Hurley Burley, um, talking to a CBC Media Center um, journalist, Justin Ling. Um, so I, last night I watched this whole thing. It was about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, it was interesting because this fellow, even though he's debunking conspiracy theories, spent time hanging out at the NATO Center for Excellence in Misinformation in Riga. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like buried in there says, I'd love to know what you guys are talking about, you know, the, your excellence yes. in misinformation. Yes. You know, they're calling our stuff misinformation. We're calling their stuff misinformation. Yes, it's, it's so funny because I did that in the beginning as well. It was almost like I was counter, counter narrative mm-hmm. job. I had put on the hat, the title. So I'd, I'd resist. And I, you know, for me, they were bold faced lies. So I would mm-hmm. send my counter information. I lost hours every day doing that with all the fake media in Canada. Um, yeah. And then I kind of burned out. There was a lot of backlash and went into uh, running for political role. But yeah, it, it, you know, it seems like anything George Soros says, you well, you just have to go okay just let's just Mm -hmm. do the opposite the opposite he's got Mm -hmm. the worst intentions i mean when it comes to um you know uh money and our savings and and you know all of our health i mean that's one of the reasons i have this podcast is to help people thrive physically mentally emotionally spiritually and financially uh would you recommend like the basics like pay off your debts you know uh obviously pay off your credit cards that's a (laughs) no-brainer uh you know at every 18 percent that's always been something i've I'm debt phobic, raised in a Scottish family, you know, Scottish, my dad, my dad's mom was Scottish, came over with no money. And he grew up in the depression where if you didn't grow your own food, you'd starve. So that was kind of, you know, he, he convinced me about uh, debt at a young age. So one of the things is we have such a high debt load in Canada, mm-hmm. a lot of Western worlds. What's your comment on debt? Um, as a as a leverage tool for the governments to you know make us compliant potentially or remove your home from you, do you think that will ever play out, or uh, will will uh, will it be stopped? Is that is that a possibility you see? Or? Well, it will be stopped if enough of us continue letter writing and getting out there and bringing groups together and just make our case. Um, because most of the people that were we're having arguments with uh, have only heard only know what they know from television and or the newspaper and you know if we go and find our information from alternate sources we're in this cancel culture we're crazy conspiracy theorists but we are actually going to the sources most of the time you know when i've talked about covid issues i'm like i'm getting health ontario numbers their numbers yes. same with british health you know um, and the numbers 
don't jive with what's in the newspapers. It's absolutely no. bizarre. Um, yes. Well, so false. Let's just label it what it is. It's completely false with maybe a speck grain, mm -hmm. maybe not mm -hmm. even a grain sometimes of accurate factual information. That's mm -hmm. the disturbing thing. Mm -hmm. I know. To answer, I mean, there are just the basics of, you know, you should pay down any debt if you can. I mean, I've been a starving artist at times, and I know when you get into debt and you don't have any income, that's, it's easy to say, but it's a difficult <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, thing to do. Uh, is that how you got into gardening? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was self-sufficient with a garden many, many years ago, so, I, you know, that's I don't mind great. going back. It's a lot of work, but it's a, a great pleasure, and, and there's it a is. sense of security in, the, in that as well um but to to just keep it simple with money one of the things we've learned yes. over the years is we don't need to spend a lot of money to be happy you know we spend more time with friends doing down basic just walking in the woods and doing real yes. things you know we don't have to consume at the levels that we did it's so habitual and we've been you know let's not get habituated to that again and you know my credit card bills are a fifth of what they were you know prior to 2020 um and i you know as soon as you start going out to restaurants again you know they they, they yes but you know we're cognizant of that now and we should be more cognizant of of that um balancing your portfolio with like 10 percent of it in precious metals or whatever mm -hmm. uh, having some cash on hand as you know who knows what the long-term uh, prognosis for the canadian dollar or the u.s dollar is but certainly in that uh, that uncertainty of a transitional period cash mm -hmm. is very much going to be king um it's a thing people are familiar with they've used forever it gives them a psychological sense of security um even if the system collapsed dollars yes. very likely could continue to trade trade you know beyond barter what else are you going to use maybe the the crypto doesn't work or maybe it's now illegal to use crypto or <laughs> yes. you know? so yeah. this, because money is so abstract um, it's not overly complex. And there's an incredible quote from Kenneth Galbraith's book, Money, Whence It Came, Where It Went, published in 1975. And he said, money is so simple that it repels the mind. And it's a kind of cognitive dissonance. It's like, really? Is it that? It can't be that. Because the bankers make it seem so complicated and they do it on purpose. Money really is that simple. Um, but we can't, we can't believe it. And then it's like, well, I've been duped, you know? And so who wants yes. to ask that, you know? Um, yes. Well, what about things like coffee and chocolate, you know, trading in, in the innate, you know, in past, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, they would trade spices and things. Yeah. Um, that was a form of currency, even walnuts and, you know, the other things. What, what's your thought on, um, you know, having a, a little bit of a, a nest egg in terms of supplies, uh, investing your money in there, things that are, you know, non-perishable goods? Yeah, I never really thought, you know, I do have a stockpile of food at home. I could probably get through a year. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's good. Have, seriously. Um, I never thought of it, you know, ultimately it could be, these could be bartering items. I never actually, I didn't expect the whole system to go down, you know, because most of the things we hear, we have to discount and they're always trying to scare us. If it's not one thing, it's something else. Yes. I didn't quite yeah. think the system was going to completely collapse. Um but, you know, it's good to have some supplies in. Um, they would, yes. 
absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm sick of eating baked beans and you have a can of sardines there. <laughs> it's like yeah. trade. Yes. I know one of the things and initially, because I'd heard the rumors, you know, total uh, crash of the system, you know, you didn't know what's going to happen. I thought I'm not going to be without my coffee. I got mm-hmm. a manual coffee grinder because, oh God, if I don't have power, I got to have my, as long <laughs> as I have my morning coffee, I have all these, these coffee beans that I collected. And I don't know how long they'll stay good hopefully for a while but I was at I had a Christmas party I didn't know you yet but it was a real cracker it was so much fun one of the women came over and I showed her my manual grinder she's like oh my god I'm getting that tomorrow like the most (laughs) important thing is as long as we have our coffee in the morning we can handle Armageddon (laughs) (laughs) so just think of the value of coffee if some of these goods if uh, and chocolate if uh, Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I don't think it will get to that, but it, you know, keep no. your sense of humor and, um, you know, maybe just have a little extra on hand as well, because there could be, a, as, as you say, a transition period, if it's weeks or months where, you know, there might be a, a more of a severe shortage and then bartering would be effective. I'll never forget when I went to uh, Russia, I was asked to go back then. I am a I'm embarrassed to say I, uh, with the UNESCO, United Nations, I didn't know what, I didn't know. I was recruited to go there after university and what a sight to witness. People were literally starving students because they were transitioning, you know, Glasnost since Perestroika had happened. Um, This is in, you know, 1990 and people just didn't have, could not get food, the regular person. And I, I watched people with like nothing except a can of sauerkraut. And I, we had brought suitcases over because we knew there was a, a shortage of supplies. The system had broken down completely. And I think it took over a year for mm-hmm. them to, to sort of have a better diet. I mean, they weren't totally starving, but they were eating very little. So that has stuck with me. Plus my, my dad's story right. of food shortages. And I'm a foodie mm-hmm. to begin with. So it's like... I have got lots of diversity and a freeze dryer now, so I can always yeah. keep my, with the Mylar bags, keep my foods, um, you know, fresh for what, 25 years. So mm-hmm. as long as we, we can get through it in 25 years, I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been fortunate to our grandparents conditioned us with this sense of, um, having lived through the depression, they know what it was to go without, you know, and even though, our generation has been so privileged. We probably lived in the golden years of history, yes. period. Um, yes. And, you know, we're kind of like spoiled as a, as yes. a result. Um, so it's, you know, unless you've experienced something directly, uh, it's hard to put yourself in, in those shoes and imagine that as a possibility. So, yeah. And we can tell these stories and they're just stories again. You know, yes. if you heard your grandmother tell you a thousand times, it might sink in. But to hear us talk yes. about that. Once well, it's not- yes, lots of times, but I'm always amazed by the miracle. Like no one really should be starving when I, I, you know, with my, uh, with a partner in the past, we had a pretty sizable, like small farming, you know, operation going. And I think we had over 108 crops at one point. And then we, we started to save the seeds. What an incredible thing to just save the seeds and see one seed planted gives you, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of seeds. So you think, how could anyone starve, right? And it's uh, if, if done properly, 
I think in the future will be, um, mm-hmm. we could really solve this world hunger problem. That's one of the things I'm very hopeful and very optimistic about. I think the mm-hmm. money in hands of very corrupt people um, has been a real block to good being done. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and even with cleaning up. So, so is there anything else in terms of like, you know, finance or, I mean, where could Pete, do you, uh, you know, is there, do you have a website for your art? Is there anything you wanted to, to showcase for people out there in terms of your artwork or even your finance work? Where can they find you? Yeah, my, my personal website is not updated for a long time, but there's, <laughs> there's some background stuff and some, some pictures and whatever um, there. <laughs> Uh, mostly I'm working with a group of artists now um, producing calendars and we were doing shows, but now we're just down to producing calendars. We're getting back into the shows again. Um, independentculture.com. Um, okay, great. Independentculture.com. Yeah. Culture. Um, so that's kind of taken over my life and I still paint um, mostly just in the evenings to relax, to stop the wheels turning so I can actually sleep. Um, yes. But all day, every day I'm doing things like this and meeting people and writing and um, trying to save the world, you know, crazy. That's like what <laughs> I'm trying to do too. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> <What's wrong laughs> I, you know, it's the best calling. I know. I, well, I didn't recruit. I have a recruitment or I told talent solutions firm and, you know, very early on, I'd looked at the data on the clinical trials with the shots. And I was, I was, I had a lot of uh, concern on, you know, having worked in healthcare as well and talked to different doctors. And I came out very strongly against the mandates right in the beginning. And because of that, I, I got a lot of flack um, and I wouldn't work with clients. So I took a strong stance. I'm proud of that from an integrity standpoint, but I, the business just kind of uh, went away because it's like, oh, well, then we're not going to give you that project. So I got right into the freedom movement and it's hard to stop because it's the most yes. engrossing thing. I think it's the best work we'll ever do and the most mm-hmm. meaningful. Um, so I, I keep coming back to that every day. I could try to do this or <laughs> yeah. I could, uh, you know, get involved in these a million things that we need um, mm-hmm. to get our country back. You know, some of the things that I've, um, that are simple and I just to finish off is you know you look at the models out there you look at um, communism really pits the poor against the rich and capitalism pits the rich against the poor I mean is that Mm. would you say that's sort of a simple analogy and and both systems you know people the average person starves under communism and and you look at the the horrific data on the genocide and the starvation in those regimes it's I mean it's it's the worst possible system for humanity. I think most people agree, but then you look at uh, the problem with capitalism is everyone, you know, this decadent societies, the no morality, uh, anything goes and people get fat and lazy and then they let, they let everything um, fall apart with within society. And then mm-hmm. the, you know, the selfishness of society, then you, you have that middle ground of some sort of that social uh, conservatism or, or nationalism, that pride of your country and importance of family and faith and looking after each other and being a steward of the land in a, a reasonable way, not a, not a fake way with this, some of this fake stuff they're, they're promoting. What's your view just to finish up? What's the best system for us? And what do you think of three that I described? Um, it's hard to know what's going on right now because we see characteristics of everything. Um, we have to be engaged 
from this point on. I mean, we've seen what happens when we don't pay attention to what's going on in the political world. Uh, we have to be engaged, period, whatever system we have. And, and hopefully that will be a democratic system in which we can be engaged, because otherwise we're just going to be the new surf class, you know, go to work, pay your taxes and amuse yourself. And um, but there is there is an incredible uh, the philosophy the, the philosophy behind the economic uh, the European Economic Union was um, uh, Alexei Kojev and um, basically he wasn't communist he wasn't fascist he wasn't it was it was expedience um, so the divide now is very much the rich against the poor but they're pitting us against one another and you know you see how the liberals and the new democrats and the conservatives vote provincially and then you see how the liberals new democrats vote federally they're completely they're completely opposite you know so left and right doesn't actually mean anything communism socially it doesn't mean uh, uh, communism and and um and fascism you know it's it's there's they're opposite ends of the spectrum, but they meet at the other side, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> kind it, of the same, the same yeah. thing. Um, so, it is truly bizarre world. It seems to be whatever uh, is said, it's the opposite. You know, liberals should be all mm -hmm. about freedom, and yet they're, they're the most repressive government we've ever had, taking away our rights by the day, censorship, mm -hmm. all these things that are absolutely foreign and need to be foreign to democracy. They're shoving through. And even, um, you know, now they, even you have the conservatives trying to put through Bill 100 to have mm -hmm. like a permanent and everlasting potential for emergency where they can take away your property for almost any reason. I mean, it it's mm -hmm. so draconian that you have to question. They're all um, doing these things. And, you know, the Democrats, the new Democrats, uh, to their shame on them. They never supported the worker. They never stood up for bodily autonomy and, and, and stood against the mandates. It was only the conservatives and at that. Uh, very mm -hmm. few. In fact, that's why I decided to run for PPC. It was the only conservative party. And this isn't radical at all. It's it's essential that stood up against the mandates and the lockdowns yeah. and, and scientific and unjust. Mm -hmm. So and I was proud of them for taking that stance. And uh, it's a shame that no one got in. But yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, you're right. It's all mixed up now. And it's almost like you have to look for the individual within each party. What's their sense of integrity and right and wrong? Um, mm -hmm. It's not left and right anymore. It's right and wrong. You know, just, mm -hmm. you know, giving, uh, empowering the people to, to make the best lives, giving them the tools and opportunities, the infrastructure. I mean, it's, 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 it's just crazy that our First Nations doesn't even have clean water with all the money being handed mm -hmm. over internationally mm -hmm. to these criminal um, organizations like Red mm -hmm. Cross. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, corrupt organizations at a minimal, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, so, yeah, you're right, you know, and so it's hard to say which system is best. Potent pot potentially, it's the individuals that make up the system and in the future could be more independence. Well, you God know? bless the independence. You know, those people that have the character to step out of rank and vote their mind in our current government is awesome. In the offshore world, generally politicians run as independents. So that's something to kind of. And, and they should, like, who are they representing? They're representing their constituents. Um, mm -hmm. So the whole party model is, is something that is, should be questioned. Um, there's, the, there's the petition for electoral reform, which is important right, right now. Oh, yes, I've signed that. That, that yeah. closes What's that uh, bill it's a, for people of, and how can they access it? Is there- I'm sorry? 
Is there any, um, just as a close, to give someone else an action item? Like, you know, yes. what can I do? Maybe they could, that would be great for them to that sign. Is that, I, I just don't have that information on my phone. Okay. So perhaps that's something you can sort of do a mention of later. Um, yeah. And the other thing is we've been doing a lot of letter writing, as you know, but we just drafted a, um, an open letter about the pandemic treaty. And that's really scary. The World Economic, uh, sorry, <laughs> the World Health Organization. Yes. So that's something that is pretty Very terrifying. From my point of view, it is, yes, it is the agree. end of the concept of a nation state. It's the end of democracy yeah. because anytime they, since they changed the definition of a pandemic, they can just declare that at any time and assume control. And then you've got a group of technocrats at the World Health Organization deciding what we can and cannot do like we don't even need a government at that point it is a de facto one world government at that point yeah it's so a slave society basically at that point you are mm. required to take this <clears throat> pill or else um and that's that that, that doesn't they, there's no protection of individual rights or bodily no. autonomy it's all under this so-called collectivism which is um, you know, and, and the kids in our schools are all being indoctrinated that that's, that's the way to go. And, and I think instead they mm -hmm. need to be taught about the evil, the real evils of communism. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't hold it up as an ideal when the reality is very mm -hmm. dark. I know I've traveled through extensively through um, East, formerly East Black countries. And I can tell you firsthand that the despair, um, the poverty, the hopelessness, uh, it, it, it's, um, it's incredibly mm -hmm. real. And that's why all these people escaped. And that word is escaped to get a better life here in Canada. So it's uh, freedom is worth fighting for, um, mm -hmm. you know, every civil means. All of my Eastern European friends are saying we've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, and it's, um, yes, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so there are some action points there as well. Uh, you know, there's a few, few of them, the, the, um, the electrical, electoral reform petition, the, the uh, writing about the pandemic um, treaty, mm -hmm. um, and just familiarizing yourself with all the bills that are coming up right now. Basically, I would say reject everything at the moment yeah. because it and seems like it seems like yeah. the world is yeah, reject everything. everything. <laughs> me Put a cog in leaders, the wheel. But... <laughs> you know, like uh, stop the, the wheels from just rolling on with their plan. And this, and also exactly. stop listening to the mainstream media. Start uh, the the depth and quality of alternative media is it's it's like a breath of fresh air anyways so sign up for um rumble uh it's a free account or bit shoot and just start searching all these topics the un uh, you know agenda 2030 uh the great mm -hmm. reset klaus schwab i mean uh look mm -hmm. at some of the things they have down the pipe with um the bio labs that have been found in ukraine i mean just all the pathogens all the research i mean it's endless and it's fascinating and it's better to know the truth about the world so that you can prepare accordingly and push back to create what what would be much better for humanity mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure you and uh, I, uh, I think there's a lot for people to mull on from what you said. So thanks very much, David. It was great Thank to you, see David. you. All I right. I'm gracing you too. Thank you. Take care. Bye now.